Welcome to Public Domain Video Theater presented by the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Today we're going to bring you an episode of Richard Diamond, though the title sounds like it's an episode of Dragnet. This is Season 1, Episode 7, the original air date, August the 12th of 1957, and the title is The Big Score. detective hears a lot of unusual stories but the particular story i was listening to started to fit into a somewhat familiar pattern my client mrs farrow was worried about her husband seemed like he'd gotten himself into some trouble and unless i missed my guess i could have filled in the details before she finished talking mr diamond my husband seems completely obsessed with this idea that that he's involved in a murder and you're obsessed with the idea that he's not yes something happened something did happen and I want you to find out what. Well, there is a chance that my findings are not going to agree with your convictions, you know. Well, they say eventually the truth will out. I happen to believe it. Well, uh, give me everything you can. Her names, her places. There's so little. I, uh, I noticed that something was terribly wrong when my husband came back from New York last time. That was a month ago. That's uh, back to your home in Cape Cod. Yes. He refused to tell me anything. But a few nights ago, I found him alone in the den. Mr. Diamond, my husband isn't a drinking man, but... But this particular night, he, he began to mumble. Oh, that he killed somebody? That somebody had been killed here in New York. In a hotel room. Well, what else? There was something about betting on the horses and... Some men he'd met who had a scheme where they couldn't lose, but they lost. Did your husband send for a lot of money when he was in New York? Well, yes, he did. $25,000. Huh. Well, Mrs. Farrell, I uh, have an idea what happened. But I can only prove it if I catch up with these playmates and your husband. Well, where do you start? By taking you to dinner. And then I'll write a little play in which I will star and you will find it. A few days later, I arrived at the Hilldale Country Club at Cape Cod, complete with new suit and identity. Mr. Farrell was worried and preoccupied, but I pretended not to notice. Now, Mrs. Farrell introduced me to her husband and friends as a wealthy industrialist from Canada on my way to a business parlay in New York. I've been cramming like a schoolboy before an exam to make my bit convincing. During the evening, I met 50 different people. And I stressed the fact that I was leaving on the midnight flyer. One of them, I hoped, had spotted me as a likely prospect. Well, dear, I think we'd better leave now. I'll uh, walk to the car. I'll try to catch. Good night. Good night. Good night. 
left. On the midnight flyer. Right. I play him against the ponies. He'd figure out that stock market game too quick. Might be pretty tough cooling off afterwards, so don't take any chances. If the play went right, everything I owned would eventually be searched. So I'd been forced to leave my gun behind. Sorry. I must have jigged when the train jogged. Well, that's all right. You gave me a chance to cheat myself. Well, sorry. Say, I don't suppose you'd like to play a few hands of gin. I don't feel like sleeping. Well, sure thing. Come on. Thanks. I know what they say about playing cards with strangers, so if you want to limit it to matchsticks... Oh, that's all right. You look like you have an honest face. My name's Hanson. Uh, Nicola Point okay, then? Mine's Carter and a Nicola Point sign. Now, a man who gambles usually has the something-for-nothing instinct, which these boys count on, so I gamble. You seem to have done pretty well for yourself, Mr. Carter. Say, how about those Canadian women? They're beautiful, every one of them. I met one once. Let's see, she was from uh, Peace River in uh, Manitoba. No, oh, that's in Alberta. <laughs> well, from someplace. Where do you stay in New York? I have a room at the Savoy. Any friends in New York? No, not a one. Neither have I. Say, I have a suite at the Riviera. It's in Manhattan. It's convenient. The company pays for it. Why don't you move in there? I hate to rattle around by myself. Oh, that's very generous of you. I'd like that. Fine, then that's settled. Thank you very much, um... Chin. So far, so good. The train hadn't been lurching enough to throw him against me, so I knew I was on the merry-go-round. Now, getting on was the easy part. But if something went wrong, I knew I'd be on the way to the funeral of the best friend I ever had. Me. By noon the next day, Hanson and I had moved into the suite at the Riviera and become the best of chums. What's that? It's somebody's wallet. Uh, say, that's quite a bundle. About that. Thousand dollar bills. Pretty good credit, too, especially in uh, Las Vegas. What's the name? Graham. Let's, uh, check the desk. See if he's right the hotel. Please go away. I don't want to see any reporters. We're not reporters, sir. Then what do you want? I believe you may have lost something. A wallet? Yes. Yes, I did. Come in, please. Uh, no offense, sir, but could you identify it? Oh, yes, I can identify it. Uh, my name is Graham. Uh, Vegas credit cards, uh, newspaper clipping, and a little catch for 5000 A little catch? <laughs> well, my name is Miss Carter, Mr. Graham, and this is Mr. Hanson. This How is you indeed a pleasure. And if you want. Thank you. Now, I, uh, I insist that uh, you divide this between you. Oh, we wouldn't think of it, sir. Oh, we're just glad we found it for you. Well, then, uh, a hundred apiece for a night on the town? Uh, I, I insist. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. 
Now, we must have a drink. You know, I feel like Diogenes. <laughs> I've found not just one, but two honest men. <laughs> I gather you don't like newspaper men, Mr. Grant. Well, to tell you the truth, if you'll uh, look at this, I think it'll explain itself. An unnamed mystery man was reputed to have lost nearly half a million dollars at the casino of the newly opened Palisades Club here. A half million dollars? It happens sometimes. I naturally don't like it splashed in the papers. Well, uh, if you can afford to lose that much, it stands to reason you can make it. Well, to tell you the truth, uh, sit down. Uh, to tell you the truth, gentlemen, and I know I can trust you both, I'm here in New York to recoup that half a million and double it. You mean you know a way to make a million dollars just like that? It must be a secret. It is just that. But I could use some help. If I only had some friends absolutely trustworthy. Well, I think we've already proved our integrity, sir. If we can help... Least I'd be interested. Well, making money's my business, Mr. Graham. There's a profit-sharing arrangement. Mr. Carter, it'll be all the profit you can handle. Then you'll use us? Yes, I think so. But I must warn you, gentlemen, this is not a normal business deal. I was frank enough to tell you that I'm a professional gambler. Well, now, we're all gamblers when you come right down to it, Mr. Graham. That's certainly true, isn't it? Now, come on. I want to show you something. Now, uh, just... Look, and I'll explain later. Uh, and you can make your decision. They were setting the hook perfectly. It wasn't hard to believe that even a basically honest man like my client's husband would swallow it. Now they were turning on the convincers. Sir George and Teddy Bear last. Into the back stretch. Lucky Lou on top. Face runner second. Caledon third. Odds on fourth. Then Sir George and Teddy Bear last. At the half, it's still Lucky Lou in front. Caledon, Sir George, Teddy Bear, odds on. Lucky Lou in front. Caledon and base runner. Base runner neck and neck in second. And Sir George, Teddy Bear, and odds on. Going for home, it's... Okay, kiddies, you can relax. We'll send the pigeon up in half an hour. It's very simple. Another suite in this hotel is really the headquarters of the biggest bookmaking combine in the country. Right here in the hotel? Right here. It's quite an organization. They have a man stationed at the racetrack with a hidden walkie-talkie. He broadcasts a running account of the race. The broadcast is picked up by Johnson in the suite upstairs. Johnson rebroadcasts it to the headquarters of the combine. Well, how does that benefit us? What would you say if I were to tell you that Johnson and I have made a little deal? You mean to fake the results? No, no, no. Merely to hold back the results for a few minutes. Just long enough for Johnson to phone me the winner for me to get upstairs and place my bed. 
And you've got a sure thing. You can't lose. I don't see how. And no one suffers but the bookmaker, and he's dishonest anyway. <laughs> well, gentlemen, how about it? I don't know. It sounds too good to be true. What do you want us? If I keep going in there and winning huge sums of money, it'll be dangerous. I am a known gambler. But if we go in and realize, and you play some of the big bets for me, we can keep it up for a week. Just what do we get out of it? Well, Mr. Hanson, I'm giving you a chance to bet on a sure thing. The rest is up to you. With 10% of the profits going to judge. Well, it sounds fair enough to me. Count me in. That goes for me, too. Fine. Now, we can have a trial run today. I won't bet anything, but you two can use the money that I gave you. See how it works. Well, it's your money. We've got nothing to lose. Probably Johnson now. Yes? Right. The winner is Blue Lady in the third. Now, that's your bet. Come on, let's go. legitimate-looking, illegitimate business I'd ever seen. Graham presented us as friends of his to the manager, and that seemed good enough for him. The third, scratch number six, tailor-made. Well, Pete, well, please take good care of my friends, Mr. Carter, Mr. Henson. Good luck. Certainly. That's 8,560, sir. Let's make a bet. Here's mine. They're at the post-bay side. Um, uh, 200 on Blue Lady to win. 200? Yeah. Well, is that all, boys? Well, that's, uh, quite a bit of money. Of course. 200 on Blue Lady. They're off at Bayside. Cookie breaks on top. Tom Thumb second. Skyboy third. Blue Lady and Goldenrod. The half, it's Cookie and Skyboy in front. Tom Thumb third, Goldenrod, and Blue Lady. Turning for home, Skyboy. Cookie second, Tom Thumb, Blue Lady, and Goldenrod. Into the stretch. Skyboy, Tom Thumb, Blue Lady. Skyboy, Tom Thumb. Blue Lady is now challenging for the lead. Blue Lady and Skyboy. And it's Blue Lady the winner. Skyboy second. She won. Tom Thumb. Looks like we're in business. Let's get our money. It's official. Well, here it is, Mr. Grant, $1,200. Um, how do we split this up? You boys divide it. It's yours. Well, no, we couldn't do that. After all, it was your money. Mr. Carter, a few hundred dollars isn't going to help any of us. The important thing is that we know it works. <laughs> you know, they thought we were pretty cheap when we only bet 200. <laughs> well, we'll fix that. Johnson called just before you came back. 
We can make our big play in the sixth race tomorrow. Personally, I intend to bet 25000 I have a few thousands in traveler's checks. Well, if that's the most you can manage, you probably can win a month's wages. Mr. Carter, what about you? You impress me as a man who recognizes the knock of opportunity. Well, uh, I don't see how we can lose. It's impossible. Uh, how much can you uh, manage on short notice? Well, I'll bet 25000 if you will. I like a man of vision, but you'll have to get it quickly. Well, I can call my bank in Canada and they'll have a draft for me tomorrow. Use my phone. There's no time to waste. Yeah. Uh, this is Mr. Carter. I'd like to place a call to the Ontario Bank Limited in Ontario, Canada. I'd like to speak to the bank president, Mr. Jennings. Can you remember those instructions, operator? Yes, Mr. Carter. I remember. Mrs. Farrell at Cape Cod, 2038. Uh-huh. Oh, good. That's all set. Money will be here tomorrow. Here's the luck. Yeah. My luck in having met you both. itself is the most important. Jim, not here. Look, my bank called me. They tell me you had $25,000 transferred to some New York account. I have a right to know why. You haven't confided in me in over a month now. I think I have the same right of refusal. transferred the money this afternoon. Exactly 25000 Oh, that lovely money and a 50-50 chance he's a legitimate mark. Well, I say let's play him for it anyway. With uh, a little variation. All right, we'll play him. But I'm too old for a bunco rap. This time, there'll be just one blank in the chamber. The rest are going to be the real thing. I wasn't too worried yet. During the night when Regan slipped out, I called the police telling them to raid the horse room a few minutes after 4 o'clock. That was when the sixth race would be running. I told them to pick up Graham at the same time, but well, a bunco or a fraud rap was one of the hardest to prove. So they had to be caught with their hands right in the cookie jar. Ready for the big day, boys? I could only raise 1800 Frankly, it's, it's all I've got in the world. How about you, Carter? I'm uh, all set. Good. Now, there's been a slight change. Change? Yes. Johnson says that the field in the sixth has been narrowed to four horses. Very bad odds. So we're going to make our play in the fourth. Yeah, but you said the sixth. Uh, the fourth goes any minute now. Doesn't make any difference, does it? I guess it doesn't. Well, now, here's my money. 
Uh, I'll stay here, and you come back as soon as the play's over with the payoff. Right? Yes? Got it. Now, here's your play. Place all the money on Big Marcy in the fort. Place it all on Big Marcy in the fort, yeah. Now, come on. Hurry, let's get going. plans could have been for a number of reasons, but it left me on my own without a gun. I could have taken a chance and jumped Regan, but I decided not to. Somehow I kept telling myself this time they were going to lose to me. My police protection wouldn't show for another hour. At the post of Bayside. Come on. Come on. Hurry up. $1,800. Big Marcy to win. What I needed now was time. Anything to stall for time. And then hope maybe the police would show up early. I changed my mind. I don't want to bet. No, but Are you crazy? Graham would kill us. To win. Bet it. Yeah, but not my money. Now uh, listen, boy. It's all goes to win. Yeah, but not my money. I don't want to bet. No. They're off at Bayside. Cloudman breaks on top. It's a bet, gentlemen. There are two seconds. Well, Watts here up to 51 third. I'm Big Marcy to win. Big Marcy. Dado. Playboy. Are you crazy? What's the matter with you? I got a hunch. I guess I was scared. I never bet this kind of money before. Well, calm down. It's a cinch, isn't it? Yeah. The half, it's still Cloudman in front. Rocky second. Big Marcy third. Sarah Sue. Dado. Playboy. Is Big Marcy taking the lead? Cloudman second, Erisu third, and Shadow, Rocky, and Playboy. Turning for home, it's Big Marcy by a length. Cloudman second, Erisu third, and Rocky, Shadow, and Playboy. The stretch, it's Big Marcy by a length, Cloudman second, Erisu third, and Rocky, Shadow, Playboy. Coming down to the finish. Cloudman the winner. Big Marcy second. Terrace third. It's official. There must be some mistake. Yeah, I told you. Look, I, uh, I want my money back. I said no bet. You heard me. I'm sorry. Your bet was to win. Big Marcy placed. It's impossible. Look, we were both wrong. If we go back now, Graham will expect the money. He'll say we should have placed the bet. He'll blame us for the mistake. He said place it on Big Marcy. Shut up. Do you want to get us? Look, I want my money. 25000 of that's my money, and I want my money. I'll take, take it easy. your hands off of me. I want my money. Don't be a fool. Pull that thing or we're all in trouble. Get him out and let Graham pull him off. Seamus, get rid of him. Permanent. 
Don't let him go. He's a cop. Not here. Don't kill him here. Pete, get the car. I feel like such a fool. Such a grief. Well, I don't take all the blame. Take informing on I don't have no marriage. So, uh, it's nice. Wealthy Tadian once in a while. Welcome back. This is the type of story that was done often during the 1950s. They're not usually on private detective programs, but more on programs that were focused on police or federal law enforcement. Exposing of scams, rackets that were used to defraud the American people, was a big theme in the 1950s. So big, in fact, that there was actually a series focused just on rackets called Racket Squad. And it focused on all of these sort of con games and how people would be taken advantage of. And there was a radio program called Easy Money that served much the same purpose. There was one similarity between this episode of Video Theater and the previous one, and that is the presence of Herb Vigran. And if you watch classic TV, you will see a lot of Herb Vigran. When I checked his IMDb, Internet Movie Database profile, I was stunned by the number of credits. 373 different productions. And often there were TV shows where he made multiple appearances, including The Adventures of Superman, both versions of Dragnet, Adam-12, Gunsmoke, Bewitched, The Lucy Show, and oh so many more. He's one of those guys who you should practically put his face next to the words character actor in the dictionary. The only other observation out of this is, taken together with the previous episode of Richard Diamond, uh, this shows he's got a bad habit of cutting his plans really, really close and then having to deal with when things go really wrong. Might want to work in a little bit more margin next time, Diamond. All right, well, that will do it for this week. Join us back here next time for another episode of Public Domain Video Theater. In the meantime, if you do have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. And if you like these videos, you can become one of our patrons at patreon.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.